Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that might be the coldest intro you will ever listen to. Uh, this is the debut, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say this again. It is the debut of the Emil Show. You are in the mix with Emil. This is no longer the Will and the Mill show, as uh, Will will no longer be joining us. Um, unfortunately, sadly, Will has decided to move on to bigger and better things. We love him. Still got love for him. But this is a heavy dose of the meal. And uh, Cuba's still here with us, baby. Cuba's still here in the cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. Let's He's get still it. here. Uh, he's going to be doing the behind-the-scenes work, but you're going to be heading, getting a heavy dose of a meal now here in the action with you guys, baby. Hope you guys continue to support now myself and uh, Q here as we continue to entertain you with the best 45 to 50 minutes of your week, ladies and gentlemen. I will continue to try keep the episodes coming weekly here for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now it is myself, but guess what? I have a lot. I have a lot. When I say a lot, I got a lot on my mind. The dynamic of the show is gonna is gonna it's gonna change a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we are still gonna talk about Chicago shit, Chicago sports, you know. But we also gonna get into some like, you know, we're gonna get into some heavy shit about what's really going on in this world. We're gonna get into you you guys are gonna get to take a trip down the mill's fucking brain. It's a dark, scary place, but trust me, it's a safe place. It comes from a good place. It just wants to see a better place for all of us, for our kids. And ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, I have the formula. Yes. I don't want to put myself out here. I don't want to be one of these targets. Because everybody that's tried to change the world, ladies and gentlemen, they have been taken off this face of the earth. From Muhammad Ali to Malcolm X to Martin Luther King to Bob Marley like uh, uh, JFK, uh, anyone that's ever went against the grain has mysteriously come up sick or has been assassinated. So I don't want to compare myself, obviously, to those kind of guys. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to get canceled right away. But what I'm saying is I have some opinions and thoughts that could go against the grain for what we're used to hearing. So I don't want to be, uh, obviously, I'm not comparing myself to them, but I do have what I think is a way that we could all prosper as a country together that has not been put in place yet. So we will hopefully uh, stay tuned. We will further explore that uh, later in the episode. But uh, again, welcome to the Emil show. Uh, I'm here. I'm by myself. Uh, and I have a lot to talk about. All right. Let's start off the show with what's going on with the COVID situation, the recent COVID uptick. Not only in Chicago, but across the world. Folks, we are up to 800,000 American deaths, COVID deaths in the U.S. right now. And now we're bracing for the Omicron variant that is having like a fuel spike. Like, listen, we're still in a pandemic. I don't know. As much as like businesses are open, we are still living through something that no one alive has lived. No one alive has lived through a pandemic since 1917, with the Spanish flu. If I'm not mistaken, you know, that was the last pandemic. The pandemic has affected the Chicago Bulls to the point where the NBA has decided to cancel their upcoming games against the Pistons. The Detroit Pistons and the Raptors canceled. Why? Because the Bulls have 10 players, more than half of their roster 
is under COVID protocol, tested positive. They have an outbreak. The Chicago Bulls have a COVID outbreak, and the NBA has finally stepped in and did the right thing, which was canceling the games because we were just, like, signing players to 10-day contracts. And Stanley Johnson was our newest addition to the Bulls team on a 10-day contract who played in a summer league with, with the Bulls and did well. Right away fell into COVID protocol as he joined the Bulls. So just to name a few, not name a few, I'm going to name you all the players that the Bulls have in COVID protocol right now. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Troy Brown Jr., Kobe White, Javante Green, Matt Thomas, Derek Jones Jr., Ayo Donsumu, and Stanley Johnson are all under COVID protocol. That is nine players, and I believe I might be missing one. Two of them are your top five in the league scorers that are out. Like You can't replace two players in your starting lineup that are averaging over 25 points a game each. And as, that, as I say that, the Bulls lost to Cleveland in Cleveland on December what December 8th, Wednesday, December 8th. Even though I'm not going to try to disrespect Cleveland because they have been playing very well and they have a big man presence with Jared Allen and they just bother the Bulls because they're not that big, you know. But I think the Bulls with Levine and DeRozan and a full squad, the Bulls getting on them. Or they should if they want to be the top two team in the East. The Bulls played Saturday, December 11th in Miami and got destroyed by the Heat. Again, at that point, they had lost another two players. That game should have been canceled. They should have never been allowed to play that game. That game, the NBA should have did the right thing and canceled that game. But here, here they are. They canceled the upcoming Pistons and Raptors game, and their next game is going to be December 19th at the United Center against the L.A. Lakers. The LeBron-led Lakers are coming into the U.C., and you know that's going to be a hot ticket. And after that, the Houston Rockets will be coming in the day, the next day. So that's a back-to-back for the Bulls at home. So hopefully they got their squad, their squad lined up. But ladies and gentlemen, this uh, this virus is is serious. And I want to clear up something that I've been hearing as a talking point when it comes to this virus. It's like, how could the Bulls have a fully vaccinated team and still have all of these players fall on the COVID protocol. Because you are vaccinated, for one, it doesn't guarantee that you can't catch the virus again. Let's start with that. You could be fully vaccinated and still catch COVID again. But here's the thing what vaccination does, ladies and gentlemen. Vaccination now helps your body recover from COVID in a better way than not being vaccinated. So if you get COVID and you're not vaccinated... You could probably die. If you get COVID and you're vaccinated, it's not going to be as severe because you're vaccinated and you could just return to work quicker because all you have to do is test negative in order to come back versus not being vaccinated and being ill for a longer period of time. So, yes, the Chicago Bulls had a fully vaccinated team, but they could still catch COVID. They just probably won't die from it. Like, you know, or because they run a lower risk of it because of the vaccination. I'm seeing that a lot. I'm hearing that a lot as a talking point. Oh, the vaccine doesn't work. Like, why even get it if you're still going to catch COVID? Because your chances of dying are less likely if you're vaccinated. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? That's facts. That's like, that's not going to be like, we're not here to like, I'm not making that shit up just so you guys know. At the end of the day, I've noticed an increase and I had a hotel guest at my job come from Canada saying how they're going to be shutting down like Toronto soon because there's an uptick in uh, COVID and this new Omicron variant. So ladies and gentlemen, continue to wear your mask. Try to keep, keep your social distancing. Like this is like the last thing we need right now is to go back and to shelter in place because the stubborn Americans who want to continue to party and not wear their masks. And I know, I know, I know. I work in the service industry. <laughs> I know I work in the service industry, so I don't want to come off like, you know, but there's a responsible way of doing it. You know, vaccinated people, everybody, when you're not at your table, wear your mask and, you know, it's a way to try to like be responsible. But if you're not vaccinated for one, you should just stay home and like do the responsible thing because you're putting people at risk, your family at risk. Two, you should probably just do it. But yeah, it's sad to see because the Chicago Bulls, we're on fire and trending the right way and gelling together. Sad to see that we're still dealing with this almost two over two years later of being in a pandemic. You would think that we would have figured out how to like just, you know, all do the right thing and get this virus out of here. And the right thing would be just to completely get vaccinated, social distance. No one else gets COVID and there's no one else sharing it. So, you know, that's what happens in like places like New Zealand and like places that like have solidarity and put themselves first, like China. Everyone was in lockdown for a couple of weeks. No one was going out. Same thing in New Zealand. And in a month, the virus was gone. Why? <laughs> Why? Because no one was out here pitchforking, walking down the street with their pitchfork and guns saying, this is America. I want my freedom of right and I want I don't want to admit. yeah we get all that we so free that we're dying because we're so free from something that we could be just easily fixed and we could have been out of this pandemic as quick as we got into this pandemic if everyone was responsible and stayed home got vaccinated wore their masks sanitized kept their social distance we would have been summertime shy already like a real summertime shy that just passed like you know it would have been fully open no one wants to listen. It's infringing on their rights. They don't know what's in the vaccine. It's microchips. It's going to grow me a third leg. Look at us now. We're still in this shit. And we're risking, like, we're, there's a real chance that we could shut back down. I don't know if you guys understand this or not. There's a very real reality that the city could shut back down. There's an uptick in COVID virus cases. Before we transition over from basketball into the bears i want to get into a little bit of bears versus packers ladies and gentlemen we have to acknowledge stephen curry the goat the living legend ladies and gentlemen he broke the all-time three-point shooting record steph curry i repeat that again broke the all-time three-point shooting record passing ray allen tonight in the garden in the madison square garden in front of ray allen in front of reggie miller who had it before ray allen and here's what, look, I don't know if you guys have been following or if you haven't or not. This Since, since you're in the mix here with the Emil show, baby, the debut of the Emil show here, I got high praises for Stephen Curry. Here's why. This is a hot take. And I've been saying this before Stephen A. Smith said this recently on there. Steph Curry is just as much as impactful, or if not, 
he's probably not as much as impactful as Jordan, but he's the second most impactful player in the history of basketball. Reason being, bear with me. Bear with me for those of you that are like, what? What the fuck is he talking about? He has single-handedly changed the culture of basketball. He's changed everything that kids want to do when they're coming up. When the youth is coming up, they all want to shoot from half court. The youth is coming up, they want to pull up from 30. They want to be shooters, Trey Youngs, all of those kids coming up, the Cole Anthony's, you know, even Dame Lillard, he will, even though he wants to act like he was, he, he wants to put himself on that pedestal with Steph. I don't know. Newsflash is Steph, and then there's a big gap between you and Steph, and you got that from Steph. Steph been doing this since Davidson. He has the purest, most quickest. It's like he's a program robot to shoot from anywhere. Like he could shoot from his parking garage at home and make it like in the gym. Like he's he's really a cheat code and he's broken and he, he single handedly changed the way kids play and like the game of basketball now how it's played. They're gonna have to come up with a four point line at some point because guys are gonna come in and shoot from so far that you can't guard it because geez like what can I do? I can't come up on him at half court and then he's gonna blow by me. So how do you guard a guy like Steph Curry who could, who was open as soon as he got out of his car in the parking lot? Like, he's open. Shout out to Steph Curry. Congratulations to Steph from Golden State Warriors. He's a living legend, and there's not too many people out here walking the earth that you could say, like, they're, they're living legends. Like, you know, there's Jordan, there's Curry. As much as I think LeBron is a drama queen, he's still a living legend. He's definitely, the only thing I hate about the LeBron situation is, for one, his on-court act. LeBron James' on-court antics, his drama, his attention-seeking drive me crazy. His hour-long ESPN special, moving, taking his talents to South Beach when he left Cleveland, and, you know, how even till now, fast-forward year 18, how he's hurt, out, not playing for the Lakers, but gets free reign of just coming out on the court and just leaving the bench and just arguing with the refs. I'm like, every, any other player would get teed up. You know, not to slide my focus from Curry to LeBron, but that's just my argument with LeBron. I still think he's a living legend, but he's not the greatest player ever, and he's such an attention seeker on the court, like just a drama queen. But as a role model, entrepreneur, as a father, as a family man, great. Can't say nothing wrong about him, but when he puts on a basketball jersey and then the way he carries himself when it comes to, like, basketball, I can't agree with it. Can't agree with it at all, but thank you for tuning in. We here in the mix, baby. I want to get into a little Green Bay versus Chicago Bears in Lambeau action, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Justin Fields is back from – he's got cracked ribs – and he's beast mode, and he came out here, he's going to tough it up. The little rookie's got guts. I give him that. He came out there to Lambeau. Bears put up 27 points in the first half at Lambeau. It was looking like they might actually, uh, they might have actually showed up to Lambeau to fucking come out and play and, like, handle business. Classic, classic. And we know we all feel it. Like, we all, all current, Every Bear fan right now kind of was expecting something for Aaron Rodgers to, like, turn it up. You know, as much as we saw it was, like, they scored 27 points, we just knew that it was only a matter of time before Aaron Rodgers turned on the heat. And, you know, Fields looked good. He threw a pick six, which, you know, I saw that pick six. I'm like, ugh, that was not a good look. But gone are the days where the Bears' defense was one of the most fierce defense in the league, like, I miss, like, the Bears defense that you couldn't even run the ball. You couldn't throw it. Those Erlacher defense, Peanut Tillman, 
the peanut punch defense with Mike Brown and and and, and Roosevelt Colvin and you know we had we had those guys even going back to like you know the eighty five Bears defense we've always been known as a franchise that just you know you couldn't score we was gonna run the ball and you couldn't and we was gonna play good defense we scored twenty seven points in the first half on the with the old Bears defense man we gonna win that game nine times out of ten times. 27 points should be enough for a Bear team, a traditional Bear team, to hold on to that lead with the defenses that we have. I need the Bears to start. You know what? Did you guys know Robert Quinn, defensive end for the Chicago Bears, signed him for a heavy contract? Can't can't recall exactly how much he signed for last year with the Bears, but he had a bus year. Robert Quinn had two sacks all of last year. He got he got paid over ten million dollars last year, just for that year alone. Robert Quinn has fourteen sacks. He he had two all of last year. He is having a hell of a season quietly on that Bears defense. The record for Bears single season sacks is held by Richard Dent in nineteen eighty four season with the Bears. Richard Dent's a Hall of Famer, a legend. Richard Dent holds a single-season Bears sack record of 17 and a half sacks. Robert Quinn has 14, and we still got some games left. He might break the single-season Bears record for sacks this season. That can't be gone unnoticed. Like, you know, shout-out to Robert Quinn for quietly doing what Khalil Mack we thought we were going to get from him, you know, as he's sitting, sitting at home with his feet up. There's some guys that look like they checked out. Like, you know, Robert Quinn is balling out. Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith are ballers. <laughs> like that. those two guys, Roquan Smith, for one, I would actually take as the most valuable player on the defense as a middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Number 58, Roquan Smith. He is all over the field. He makes all the plays. But two players I think checked out for the Bears, Allen Robinson. Listen, I'm a big Allen Robinson fan. I have him on my fantasy Picked them up through waiver wires after somebody dropped them. Two catches for 14 yards in a game that was 45 to 30. Let me repeat this. This is Allen Robinson, a pro bowler, a bona fide number one receiver, star. Two catches for 14 yards on like five targets, six targets. Ladies and gentlemen, Allen Robinson has cashed it in on the Bears. He's leaving. He ain't coming back. He knows they're not going to sign him for a long-term deal. He don't want to be there no more. And I thought he was, you know what? He's He probably doesn't want to get hurt and have to lose any money, man. But it's sad to see, man, because I think he's a very good receiver, and I think they should build around him. They should add him. They should add him. They should sign him, and they should keep him around because Allen Robinson and Justin Fields, if they ever get it clicking and we get some new weapons, ladies and gentlemen, watch out. If Cole Komet, who we drafted for Notre Dame, Turns into like a mini Kelsey, watch out, because that's what we were expecting Cole Komet to be. The Bears just need to focus on developing Justin Fields and continuing to draft quality players and trying to get rid of their ownership, president, GM, and coach. Once we do all of those things, probably first get rid of the owner, GM, president, coach, then continue to draft great players, high-character players, Team first, not me, no me first players, team first players, you know, and that's the only way to rebuild, like, what used to be a great franchise and it's slowly just turning into a laughing stock. We're getting on that level that we're just a joke of a franchise, like, you know, it's just comical. 
it's sad to see, man. I can't wait for the day that, you know, I can celebrate a Bears Super Bowl one day, which I've yet to do in my lifetime. They won in 1985. I wasn't even born. I was born in 1987, and I got to the U.S. in 1996. So, honestly, I've never seen the Bears. I I loved, I lived through the Cubs World Series. I've never seen the Bears win a Super Bowl. And they came close in 07 when the Hester ran that uh, opening kickoff back. Man, I was excited then, but... Boy, was the city excited when the Bears went to the Super Bowl versus the paid man led coach. The city was on fire. But just to stick with football real quick, I'm going to give you the Week 15 rundown. So for Week 15, I've, I've officially, for those of you who have been keeping up or are familiar with my fantasy football team situation, I'm finally into the playoffs in my fantasy football league, and I have a bye week because I'm the number one seed. But I'm kind of worried, man. I'm backed into the playoffs, so two losses in a row. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey have had some kind of like low-scoring weeks for me, the back-to-back weeks here in 14 and uh, 13. Hopefully they could get it going, but again, I have a bye this week, so hopefully they can start trending upward for my first playoff game as I'm looking to reclaim my championship this year in my fantasy league. You know what I'm saying? The Panama Lone Stroke is going to get it. But uh, this week's games, let me give you the quick rundown with a booming uh, Thursday lineup. The Kansas City Chiefs, speaking of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they're playing on Thursday. So they could get they could get my fantasy week off to a booming start or have me worrying the rest of the weekend. They're playing the L.A. Chargers in L.A. Chiefs versus L.A. in the divisional series. The Chiefs are 9-4. Chargers are eight and five. That should be a good game. Hopefully, Kelsey and the boys start cooking a little more. The funny thing is, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs, they had low scoring games, but the Chiefs, they won those games in blowout fashion, which is weird. Like, you know, they didn't even use those guys to win in the blowout. So, starting off this Thursday's football lineup, or the only Thursday game, Chiefs at LA Chargers. And you know what? I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm always going to take the Chiefs, man, as long as they got Pat Mahomes. But Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert is the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. So I can see the Chargers winning that game, but I'm taking the Chiefs. The Chiefs at home and what I think and I hope to be a shootout game similar to that Bears-Packers uh, game. I'm hoping for a 45 to like 38. I'm hoping for a shootout because that means that somebody eating on my team. So going into the weekend, you got the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Cleveland Browns. Um, If I was betting, I would not touch this game. (laughs) If I was betting, I would not touch this. But I would definitely go with the Raiders over the Browns because I just can't trust the Browns. Saturday games. The debut of the Saturday games are out, ladies and gentlemen. The Raiders are playing the Browns in Cleveland on Saturday, December 18th, and I'm taking the Raiders. Uh, The Patriots are playing the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis on Saturday, and I'm taking the Patriots for sure. Patriots have been on fire with Mac Jones and the mastermind Bill Belichick. So I would never bet. Just know that right now. Even though they don't got Tom Brady, I'm not betting against the Patriots especially if they're in Foxborough and as long as Bill Belichick is the coach. That's free cheese right there all the time. Just know that. Uh, reason being I say that, reason why I say I never bet up against the Patriots because they have the best scouting like program to design like attack and a, the way to attack another team, you know. I know that going into the, whatever game the Patriots are playing, they're going to have a great way to try to attack you and try to like take you away from what you do. 
you would think every team would do that, but they just do it better. So you have the Titans visiting the Tennessee Titans are visiting the Steelers on Sunday at noon. Listen, the Steelers are having some problems, ladies and gentlemen. And I thought, you know, Mike Tomlin, you know, Mike Tomlin comes off as a disciplinarian and, you know, take no BS kind of coach. He's taking some BS because it seems like every wide receiver that they have turns out to be a loose cannon diva now with Claypool. Uh, if, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, um, Claypool in his last game, uh, while they're down and out of timeouts and trying to do a last-second like rush or drive with under a minute left in the fourth quarter, he gets a fourth down, and instead of hurrying up and scrambling to get to the line of scrimmage and run another play, he is celebrating and pointing in the first downs and you know making it all about himself. Before that, he had a, like a taunting or some kind of penalty, like, you know, a lot going on right now in Pittsburgh. With that being said, I can't go and pick the Steelers right now. I got to go with the Titans. Tennessee's going into Pittsburgh, and they're going to win that game. I think it's going to be 24 to 17, kind of like a regular, not too high scoring game. Panthers at Bills. I got the Bills beating the Panthers. Uh, the Bills are just not going to win. They they have to get into the playoff mode if they want to be serious. Panthers at Bills, I'm taking the Bills. Washington football team at Eagles, I hope for another high-scoring game there. As you guys all know, I have a Jalen Hurts on my fantasy football team. So I could eat. I mean, obviously this is a divisional game. It could be a flip of a coin who wins it, but I'm taking the Eagles. And again, hopefully a shootout game, 27 to 30 or 35 to like, you know, that's why I don't like really giving out scores, but some of these scores are just biased because I just hope for this. I don't really like, you know, expect it to happen, but I'm just hoping for it, you know. But Houston, another toilet bowl game, as I like to call it. Two shitty teams. I call it the toilet bowl game. We got the Texans at Jacksonville. (laughs) The Texans and Jacksonville record combined is 22 losses and four wins. <laughs> the Texans are 2-11, and 11 and the Jaguars are 2-11. and 11. I, my friends, shouldn't even be, I don't even want to pick, but I'm going to definitely just take whoever the home team is here. Jacksonville, I'm taking Jacksonville. And what could be, who knows, it could be 3-0. to zero. Dallas Cowboys at Giants. Believe it or not, I can see the Giants winning, but I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys over their uh, Giants as they're trying to see if they could, you know, make a little push here at nine and four. They're uh, sitting pretty. I think they're gaining like they're gaining like their stride, you know. Uh, but Michael Parsons, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you're not familiar with that name, uh, Michael Parsons could easily win the MVP of the league right now, man. He's one. Of, he's an absolute beast for the. Uh, Cowboys and he's actually uh proven to the league that he's here and he's real. Rookie, rookie, by the way. Micah Parsons is a first year rookie and then playing like a vet. So shout out to the Cowboys on that from that draft pick. But uh I'm taking the Cowboys over the Giants in New York. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals over the Lions in Detroit. Um that's gonna be a blowout. Um Kyler Murray and uh, going into Detroit to play the Lions is probably not going to be a pretty sight. Uh, Then you got the New York Jets going to uh, Miami to play the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins in that situation. As all we know that the Jets are, I mean, all of these games, some of these games are just uh, like, if you're picking a parlay or picking three games that you want to put money on, 
Jets versus Dolphins is not one you want to do. Like, I'll let you know. Let me see. I'm obviously taking the Dolphins. Moving on, I'm taking the Bengals over the Broncos. As long as Joe Burrows is uh, under center. They're both 7-6. and six, But uh, I'm definitely going to ride the uh, Joe Burrow. I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. So I'm taking Joe Burrow, Bengals over the Broncos in Denver. The Falcons are visiting the San Francisco 49ers. I am taking the 49ers, ladies and gentlemen, in that game. They're seven and six. Falcons are six and seven. Um, yeah, for no sole reason other than uh, Mia. <laughs> but even though the 49ers are trending in a higher uptick, I'm taking the 49ers there. Seahawks at LA. I'm definitely taking the LA Rams. Uh, they've they're starting to click on all cylinders. They just beat the Cardinals. Definitely taking the Seahawks over the. I mean, taking the. I'm taking the LA Rams over the Seahawks. That's the late start game on the West Coast. You got the Packers at Ravens at 325 on Sunday. Um, I'm taking the Packers in that, even though I can see the Ravens just running it down their throat. But I can't go against Aaron Rodgers after what he just did to the Bears, you know. Saints at Buccaneers. Um, the Taysom Hill Saints against the GOAT and Tom Brady and the Bucks. I'm taking Tom Brady and the Bucks every time, just so you guys know. Taking that Buccaneers team right there. Vikings at Bears. I think the Bears are going to win that game. To be honest, they should be. That's the Monday night football game. 7-15 start in Soldier Field. Bears versus Vikings. I'm taking the Bears, baby. It's going to be a good game. To round out the football segment of the show, the Bears are hosting the Minnesota Vikings at Soldier Field on Monday night in week 15. And honestly, it's gonna, they're going to get a heavy dose of Dalvin Cook. Like I was saying, we don't have that old-school Bears defense that used to slam the run down on those Adrian Peterson-led Vikings. Uh, Dalvin Cook might hit 200 yards on this Bears defense. Like My heart's telling me I picked the Bears, but I can see them getting blown out too, you know. To hit on uh, a couple Chicago-related topics, uh, Juliana Pena, ladies and gentlemen, MMA women's bantamweight champion, Fighting out of Chicago, defeated Amanda Nunez in a women uh, championship bout this weekend. Uh, shout outs to her, baby. She was like, uh, that was definitely a David versus Goliath kind of match. And she's uh, she made her submit with a rear naked choke. Like, you know, <laughs> she and she was holding her own toe to toe. Like, you know, everybody thought it was just like a hand picked fight that was going to be an easy one. But. On some true Chicago shit, <laughs> she uh, she made a tap out, make it tap out, tap out. Now shout out to Juliana Pena, uh, a rising star, an instant star, you know, out of Spokane, but repping Chicago. Shout out to her, but a Venezuelan vixen. On another note, to another Chicago area uh, legend, Candace Parker, who played for the Chicago Sky and just brought us home a championship. Uh, Candace, 35 years old, announced that she and her partner Anya Prechakova are expecting a baby. Uh, you know, she shared a few photos on her IG. And uh, honestly, I had no idea. I know she has a daughter uh, with Sheldon Williams. So I had no idea that she had a uh, uh, a wife and was having expecting a baby. I don't think she ever like posted or shared anything. But congratulations to her. And uh, we wish them nothing but luck on everything on her pregnancy. But, um, yeah, definitely that rounds out the whole uh, Week 15 NFL and uh, Chicago Connection area news. Now, to transition from 
week fifteen and uh some of our Chicago local topics. I wanna I wanna just get some off my chest. Something that has been in the news. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention or not. You guys, what is going on in this world? I mean, I I mean, it's just heavy on my mind. What I'm alluding to, what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, what's on my mind I want to get off my chest is the modern-day slavery. Foreign nationals forced to harvest onions at gunpoint in Georgia. Like, if you're not familiar with that story, it feels like we're going back in time here, ladies and gentlemen, like into the 1800s. An investigation has started where H-2A workers with a H-2A work visa that have been uh, smuggling people from Central America, from Mexico, Guatemala, and Honduras to do agricultural work at these, like, plants and plantations in Georgia, in Waycross, Georgia. Um, they have them working at gunpoint for, like, 20 cents a, a bucket, a tub of onions, and they're picking them at barehanded. I mean, like, this is shit that, like, this is, like, amazing that this shit could even still be going on and the fact that here in the U.S. in 2021, that something like this could still be going on shows you that we still got a very, very long way to go. Like, you know, this shit just pisses me off, and I just had to bring it up and shine light on it, and, sh and it's just another part of the broken system that we have here in place where something like this could even happen and happen for so long. Uh, people, Two people were killed. One one woman was repeatedly raped over and over. I mean, I mean, it's just the, the details are just gruesome. It's just sad. I mean, like, we need an uprising. Like, you know, for any of this to change, it's going to have to take, like, a revolution. And I don't see anybody really organizing to try to do it. But let me know when, whenever whenever the revolution's coming, let me know. Toss me an AK, baby. We out here. You get what I'm saying? But that's what it's going to take because the system needs to be rebuilt. Not, not like, vote a new president, rebuilt. We need to rebuild the system. And, like, you know, people are actually starting to build unions and get in solidarity with each other. Look at the people that all the workers, shout out to the workers on the picket line for Kellogg. Like, if you want to get in solidarity with the where all the Kellogg's employees from their factories, as Kellogg is uh, trying to replace them and hire other people, they're all on strike because they've been overworked and underpaid. The typical same cry that we all know, um, Kellogg completely completely has been neglecting their staff and over overworking them and underpaying them and now they're all on strike and of course they're uh shout out to reddit users who flooded kellogg's uh, application system because they were trying to have a uh, hiring um kellogg was trying to hire and replace all the people that were on strike so reddit users flooded and crashed their servers and web and uh it was epic like you know shout out to that and that's little steps of getting people together to band together and and form solidarity to get their point across and get what they deserve so if you do want to be in solidarity with the people in the, that are picketing for kellogg's like you don't buy this shit you know and that's a lot of brands that's the cheese it's for some of you that are not familiar the egos like all of those like raisin brand and that's my favorite and alice loves pop tarts but cornflakes all that shit we gonna hit them where it hurts in their pockets that's the only way if you're not gonna do a revolution the only way to hit these big corporate tycoons you hit them in their pockets and when they get their pockets hurt then they'll start backing down and doing what the people want to do unfortunately in the capitalistic world but i just wanted to point that out and uh, i hope you guys are opening your eyes to like how this you know we're just living and we're just living in this world and nothing's really changing we're ignoring the fact that both our poles are fucking melting right before our eyes and we're worried about other things like like what is this it is it is 
going to be December 15th tomorrow or today. Today is December 14th. You're in you're in a mix with the with the only. I'm so used. I'm still programmed. You're in the mix with Emil on the Emil show. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's going to be 65 degrees in mid-December in Chicago. If that if that seems normal to you, you're not paying attention to the big picture here. The big picture is that we're already in blizzard zone right now. <laughs> we're in below zero zone in Chicago right now. It's going to be 65, less than a couple weeks before New Year's. Global warming. <laughs> we have bigger problems. There's bigger shit happening. Everybody's still driving these tankers and these SUVs. Both the North and South Pole is melting. Weather's getting warmer and warmer when it shouldn't. Shit's not going to last. Like, we're not sustaining this planet. It's, like, deteriorating. But we're arguing and going to war and worried about all the wrong shit. God bless us, man. I don't really know. The, to fix the problem, if you want to say, okay, well, you're just talking about it. What is the what is the actual solution? Like, what are we going to do? First of all, we should all be driving electric cars by now. Right? There shouldn't be... There shouldn't be another gasoline car produced in the world. But guess what? As I'm saying this, these oil company tycoons have their hands in all of these politicians' pockets. So these politicians are never going to ban oil companies from producing cars and, you know, Ford companies. And it's just too much. Everybody's intertwined and it benefits everyone for for oil and car, gasoline cars to continue to be produced. But if we want to save the planet, we should invest in solar power. We should continue to grow electric power. We sh- everyone should have to the point there should be electric planes like, like the planes. Like, you know, we talk about cars. The planes are fucking up the atmosphere directly. They're closest to the ozone layer and they're they just burning that toxic diesel gas like you know that like those planes are like killing us too like you know but hey like i'm saying that's the solution electric cars recycling like you know things to sustain like but you know what honestly we've made scientifically it's proven that we've done some irreversible damage to the earth already like you know so even if we started now we've already fucked it up so bad that who knows man all the ice caps might melt like you know like you know i'm just trying to put you guys i'm not trying to like you know if you haven't been aware or conscious of it like you worried about like you know your the toys being backed up on back order and who's gonna buy that first ticket to mars it's already you see the billionaires what are the richest people in the world talking about and what do they want to do they want to leave the fucking planet why do you think elon musk bezos are taking fucking trips to the planet why do you think that is huh cuba the shit going on right why are the richest people the most powerful people on planet earth why is it their number one goal to try to find something to get out of this planet think about that shit they know that we're gonna die the earth is gonna be extinct i'm not hearing no conspiracy shit i'm just letting you know that we've done irreversible damage to the ozone layer by the emission that we're putting out and if we started today it would take the whole world to jump in on it maybe then we could probably still save it for another what 100 million years or 100 years or whatever to the math i don't know but just so you know open your eyes to why would all of these fucking trillionaires want to be building spaceships to just go hang out in space like when they could risk dying <laughs> they could risk dying something could go wrong and bezos blows the fuck up in space so he risked that just to go see what was up there he has a bigger plan these guys don't do shit like this for no reason like you know i'm just shooting this shit 
shit now. We're in a mix, baby. It's a new dynamic, new show, new flow. You know, we here. You guys are tuned in. I'm ready to take it off, baby. We're going to have guests. We here. Cuba's in the cut. We sipping. Shout out to Halo Rum 7, too. Uh, Halo Rum 7's launch party. We here sipping on that Halo Rum coconut caramel uh, vanilla infused, baby. It's nice and smooth for the ladies, you know, to sip on neat or with a little ice cube in it. Shout out to Halo Rum. Shout out to Bilingual Studios. Uh, Bilingual Studios in the mix. This is where we're recording out of. You know, for any booking infos, DM us and we'll set you up nicely man, with a nice corporate rate. You know, tell them Emil sent you. Bilingual Studios. Thank you guys for tuning in. We in the mix, baby. I still got, you know, still got a couple things I want to talk about. You know, let's switch it back to sports. I, I realized that this, you know, this conversation, like, you know, people, I don't know if it's people's egos or if it's people just like don't don't want to don't want to give in. But last show or the last show on the Wheel of the Mill show before it was just the Mill show. I wanted to get in to Shohei Otani. Let me repeat that name. Shohei Otani. I wanted to I wanted to tap into that. If that name does not ring a bell to you, then for one, it's okay. You're probably not a sports fan. I know, you know, I know I have some people tune in that uh, aren't completely aware of what's going on in the sports scene or whatnot. But Shohei Otani, ladies and gentlemen, is a baseball player that plays for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. He's a pitcher. And he also is a hitter, a full-time hitter and pitcher. Now, that hasn't been seen at a high level that he's playing in 2021 against high-level competition where everybody's paid millions of dollars to be the best. That hasn't been seen since Babe Ruth. Now, what I'm trying to say is we cannot take serious the numbers that Babe Ruth put up. People are going to be like, what is this guy talking about? Babe Ruth is like the legend, Babe Ruth. Here are the facts about Babe Ruth's numbers. For one, Babe Ruth played in an era 1917 in the era where baseball for the, they were smoking cigars in between innings drinking beers in the dugout also Babe Ruth played in an MLB era where it wasn't integrated yet it was very much a segregated league the African the Negro League was going on when Babe Ruth played so what I'm trying to allude to is Babe Ruth's overall numbers might have been obscured yes he was a pitcher and a hitter he wasn't facing the best possible competition available at that time in that era. Shohei Otani is a pitcher and a hitter, throws 100 miles an hour, won over 15 games for his team as a pitcher, and also hit over 40 home runs as a hitter. Ladies and gentlemen, that has never been done in the history of of baseball. Now, obviously, he needs to continue to do that to build and create a legacy, but I'm telling you the latter season that Shohei Otani had last year and they're now locked out MLB um, as the owners decided to lock out the MLB, which there's no season right now, guys. I don't know if you know or not. The MLB's been locked out, but Shohei Otani has had the greatest MLB single season that any player has ever had because he could pitch and he could hit. And you, if you ever play baseball, you know what it takes to pitch and be a, a, a dominant pitcher you almost have to just focus on pitching or at least the american way coaching kids and raising kids to play baseball is like making you focus on one position you know but hey you know what shohei otani is doing on a steph curry and michael jordan level shohei otani is changing the fucking dynamic in the game of baseball single-handedly on the season he had last year there's gonna be more kids coming up that are gonna be mini shohei otani's not necessarily from japan american from wherever coaches are now gonna let their kids pitch hit and let them do that not only through high school but through college and development league double a triple a they're gonna start doing that and you know what because of shohei otani 
you're going to see more pitcher, hitter, superstars. That's when you know, you ladies and gentlemen, you're a living legend right there. And he's only had one great season. Remember that name. Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels. And the Cubs were in a bidding war to get him, too, but he decided to go to L.A. Can you imagine if we had Shohei Otani at Wrigley? Can you, I mean, could you just imagine how fucking excited I would? I would have lost my goddamn mind if Shohei Otani was a Cub. But I'm a Shohei Otani fan no matter where he goes because he's the single-handed best baseball player I've ever seen. And he won the MVP, by the way. And as long as he's healthy and continues to play at the level he's playing, he should win the MVP every year he's in the league because there's no one more valuable. Like, there's no one more valuable than a guy that could pitch at an ace level and hit at a four-spot slugger in a lineup level. Like, when his contract is up, how does he get paid? Like, I'm curious to know. Like, comment on the uh, post. Reach out. How do you pay Shohei Otani when he becomes a free agent? Because we just got who? Max Scherzer just got $300 million just for being a pitcher. Um, You got Javi Baez just got $145 million. Like, what I'm saying is you have to pay him as a pitcher and a hitter. So if you're giving out 300000 to individual hitters and pitchers, does he get almost a billion dollars to be a baseball player? Think about that. If we're paying Shohei Otani fairly, he's almost going to make a, over half a billion dollars in his next free agency contract. It's mind-blowing. Like, you know, I just hope he stays healthy. But Shohei Otani, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a household name. Again, I'm so, so grateful, thankful for you guys tuning in to the Now A Meal show. You're in the mix with a meal. Appreciate you. And I want to give, like, my final thought. And this is something that we're going to do every show. At the end of the show, I want to have a final thought so you guys can look forward to that. And it's just either going to be something that's just on my mind, something that's on my chest that I might want to get off. It could be something that could be going on in current current events in life or in sports or whatever. You know, it's just going to be a final thought. And my final thought is to kind of let you guys, like, into like how I my processing of like how I try to stay sane in this as this world that we're living in. How how can you navigate and like try to put your mental health first and everyone to know whatever your situation, you could only take it one day at a time. Process it, handle it, stay optimistic and wake up with a positive mindset of chipping away at whatever that issue is that's holding your mind when it's idle. Like, you know, your mind is talking to you. Like, the things that you hear that, oh, I have to call this person. Oh, I should be doing this. I should be taking notes. Oh, it's time to go to work. That is like your voice that you have to master. You can't run away from that. You have to kind of like master, listen to that voice and how to actually put it into like place or put it in a way that works for you. So as we get into the holiday season, sometimes this is like the toughest time of year for some people. You know, they might not have family around. They might have to be worried financially about all these things that they have to do and, and support the families, the multiple multiple uh family multiple people in the house families that are worried about how what they're going to what they're going to give their kids or what they're going to eat or you know how they're going to pay the electric bill for the lights and you know i want you guys to know you are loved you are enough you are enough the way you are your presence your energy just you are enough and if your family I, I believe if you're truly loved by your family they will understand and feel the same way don't feel like you have to go out put yourself in debt to appease your family and if that's your situation then you're doing it all wrong being in community with your family sharing a meal or just even being in a room on christmas day doing nothing like you know that's what it's all about 
You know, our mental health is now we're in a time where we're more aware of it. That comes first. Because if you're not mentally healthy, then there's no way you can help anyone else. Like, you know, you can't be in a bad place and try to help someone else without looking out for number one first and not in a selfish way. So as my final thought, I want everyone to know you are loved. You are enough. And I want everyone to enjoy this holiday season in whatever capacity. If you're alone, just know that you're not. There's a, there's always something deeper. There's someone looking over you, someone that's passed away, maybe that's close to you. Like in my case, my grandfather, you know, I know I always feel like, you know, someone's looking out for me because, hey, listen, navigating in the city of Chicago as long as I have and, and, and surviving and, you know, just being a warrior out here is not easy. So somebody's definitely praying for me and looking out for me. So I don't want to, you know, take up too much time, but just know that that's my final thought. Love yourself, love your mental health, love your family, and you are enough. Now, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the Emil Show. You're in the mix with Emil, and there is more to come. Special guests, cameos, phone calls, trips to Cali. Like, this is the debut, ladies and gentlemen, of the Emil Show. You're in the mix with Emil. Thank you so grateful for tuning in. And let that beat drop, baby.